Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Throughout its long life, the Liberty Bell has served as an example of just how vague our collective memories can be, starting with the Bell's famous crack. Historians have theories, but in short, no one knows precisely when or why the Bell was damaged. It wasn't even called the Liberty Bell until long after it was hung. When it was first introduced in 1751, it was called the State House Bell because it was created for the steeple of the Pennsylvania State House in Philadelphia. The Liberty Bell nickname came much later, around 1839, when abolitionists leveraged the bell as a symbol in their fight against slavery. Throughout American history, the bell has been used in the service of many different causes, but initially it was just a bell. It was commissioned by the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly, and it arrived in Philadelphia in September of 1752, after being cast by Lester and Pack, a later renamed the Whitechapel Foundry in London. It was inscribed with the words, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof, a biblical reference from Leviticus 25.10. And it is a really big bell, measuring three feet high with a circumference of 12 feet at the bottom lip. That's about a meter by three and a half meters. Made of around 70% copper and 25% tin, it tips the scales at nearly 2,100 pounds or 950 kilos. Once installed, the bell was used to alert citizens to urgent news, to summon lawmakers to the state house for important business, and as part of funeral ceremonies. Although historians disagree on when the bell cracked, most believe that the crack happened almost immediately after the bell's initial use in 1752, whereupon local officials jumped into action. We spoke via email with Stephen Freed, a journalist, historian, and author who teaches at Columbia University and the University of Pennsylvania. He said, A replacement bell was ordered immediately from England, but in the meantime, local founders John Pass and John Stowe melted down the busted original, added some metal of their own, and made a copy. That copy is what we know as the Liberty Bell, but the foundry in England also sent a replacement and both hung in the new state house tower. At the state house, the bell was witness to some of America's most powerful history. It saw gatherings of the Second Continental Congress, as well as countless meetings that sparked the Revolutionary War. In 1777, as the British army threatened the city, locals removed the bell for fear of it being captured and melted for munitions. It was hidden under the floorboards of a church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. In 1785, it was raised again. But the bell didn't hold any particularly symbolic importance until 1824, when the Marquis de Lafayette, the last surviving French general of the Revolution, went on a year-long public victory tour of all 24 states in the Union. With that grand visit, America saw a resurgence in its national pride. Freed said, The nation first started taking its history seriously, And during his tour, they started calling the building Independence Hall and realizing its importance, along with the importance of the bell. It wasn't until a decade later that the bell's famous nickname took hold. Freed explained, It began being called Liberty Bell in 1835, when the phrase first appeared in a pamphlet published by the New York Anti-Slavery Society, as the title of a rant about the bell never peeling for African Americans. 
Some historians think that the newer bell was damaged in 1835 when it was rung to mark the death of the then Chief Justice of the United States, John Marshall. Others believe the damage occurred in the early 1840s, either during the celebration of the 4th of July or of George Washington's birthday on February 23rd. The crack might have come about from 90 years of hard use, or it might have been due to the metallic composition of the bell. In 1975, researchers at the Winterthur Museum took a closer look at the bell's makeup using X-ray fluorescence spectroscopy and determined that its high tin content resulted in a brittle composition that was prone to cracking. In any case, crack it did. But in 1846, the people were again determined to ring the bell for Washington's birthday, so they set about making repairs. Using a method called stop drilling, they actually widened the crack, which is now 21 inches long and nearly an inch wide, which is about half a meter by two centimeters, so that when the bell was rung, the sides of the crack wouldn't touch. If they could touch, they'd vibrate against each other and generate a terrible buzzing sound. But the repair wasn't successful. Another crack developed, and the bell sounded no more. But that didn't mean it disappeared quietly. In the late 18 and early 1900s, the bell went on occasional national tours. In 1915, politicians decided to hold a ceremonial ringing of the broken bell in hopes of drumming up support for World War I. It wasn't rung, technically, but tapped with a mallet. That led to the bell becoming a symbol of the immense fundraising effort for the war in the form of buying Liberty Bonds in 1917 and 1918. It was also sent on a national railroad tour with a newfangled lighting system that kept it illuminated each night on its journey aboard the Liberty Bell Special. Citizens flocked to see it. By some estimates, nearly a quarter of the entire country managed to set eyes on this symbol of freedom. And the Liberty Bond drives were a smashing success, raising billions of dollars in war bonds to help the Allied powers win the war. In 2003, the Liberty Bell Center at Independence Hall in Philadelphia opened, which is where the bell now resides. Over the decades, there have been numerous calls to repair it and make it whole, or even to melt it down, balance its composition, and then recast it to make it usable. But a representative for the National Park Service, which runs the center, said that fixing the bell would serve no purpose, as the crack is its most recognizable feature, and furthermore, might be legally sticky as it's a historical artifact. Freed said of these never-attempted repair plans, all of them have been ridiculous. Because the bell is a more perfect symbol of our desire for a more perfect union than it would ever have been unbroken. The bell is the most enduring, powerful, yet approachable symbol of our country. Even its crack is part of our patriotic, metaphorical landscape. He then recalled the lyrics from the song Anthem by the late Leonard Cohen. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Today's episode was written by Nathan Chandler and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of topics that are exactly what they're cracked up to be, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.